suffering should be nope that's not the quote <laughs> your suffering will be legendary even in hell what if that was Promise? a like, bad review we got <laughs> like for like your, if you listen to this <laughs> even in hell <laughs> it is the, the worst. pain of listening anyway speaking of hell and raising it and being bound for it hellbound Hellraiser 2. Is it really bad to start your podcast with, like, imagine a bad review for our own podcast? No! No! Whatever! Whatever! It's not real. It's not real. Right? Yeah. So make sure when you review, (laughs) after you listen to this episode, you you leave a nice comment. If you leave a review that's like, I suffered through this podcast, five stars. Oh, yeah. Do that, actually. Leave us a high star rating, but the comments can be... Yeah, say that. Right. And now in order to earn that five stars, let's talk about Hellbound. <laughs> Hellraiser 2. Let's do it. And we're Halloweeners, a horror movie podcast. I'm Kira. I'm Cody. So we watched Hellraiser sometime last year. And yes. I thought we both really enjoyed it. Yes. I remember it was uh, wet. Dripping. And sexual. And pretty wild. Yeah. And this is It really does a like good job of doing the thing that's like, it's like... A sexy movie, but it, like makes you feel bad for finding it sexy, which is like kind of the message yes. of the movie. Not that it's like anti-sex, but very much like be careful, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like chill out a little. I I don't know if that's actually the message, but like you know, it's it's nasty. Well, I guess it's it's definitely the goriest movie we've done on the podcast. Yeah, by it was. Far. It's very gory and like <laughs> to a point where, yeah. I mean, I even said I was happy to rewatch it, but. Like, there were some scenes I was just like, I don't need to, re- I don't yeah. need to revisit that. Because it's really effective. I arrived at Kira's house, and I was like, I haven't seen the movie yet. And she's like, oh, I already watched it. So I like, watched it, I and she pop popped in, in and popped out. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, and a lot of it is just kind of for the sake of being gross. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't really pan out plot-wise. And I, I don't know if it's because, like, they wanted to see what they could put on film or what, like, uh, images they could evoke with the technology at the time, Aww. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe. What's the grossest thing off the top of your head? It's just, like, the wetness of the body yeah. when, like, she is in, like, her fleshless form. Julia's in her fleshless form. And she comes out of the mattress and it's just, like, wet, goopy gawk. She's just, like, muscles covered in slick blood. Yeah, it's that on top of, like, that chap who was like literally cutting up his own chest because he thought maggots were on him like that to me was a lot because it's so much it's so much and then it keeps going and it keeps going and it's just him like stabbing himself and like screaming and it's like it goes on for like a minute and you're it's like a lot. okay um <laughs> send please elevate me out of here please not long after that i was really grossed out by julia now bandaged with gauze but mm. still technically fleshless mm-hmm. just making out with a guy and he's like so into it it's so it's... just yeah again wet and like <laughs> well speaking of wet i'm pretty sure we see a labia in this movie yeah you were convinced i mean i was less so but i've never seen a labia in my life so i was gonna say if you saw uh the lighthouse True. the shark labia the mermaid labia was shark it looks labia. well it was based off of a shark labia in terms of design oh which is which is funny to think about um it means somebody had to google shark labia I know. someone's google or search history it's gross oh, of that movie and i love it um but yeah just like imagine that but not as like big like you know more proportionate to like 
a human body. That's awesome because like it's on the body of that. That's awesome <laughs> because it's on the body of like somebody something that looks like a, a human female, right? But they're using like an animal vagina, so it really mm-hmm. makes like people in the audience. I'm sure like people attracted to like typical cis female bodies very mm-hmm. very like hmm. <laughs> Wowza. <laughs> that's mm. new. Uh, but yeah, that's like a very exaggerated version of what a um, labia looks like. Anyway, so yeah, when um, Julia, who is now bandaged because she was a drippy, goopy, bloody mess before, uh, goes up <laughs> to Dr. Chenard and he, they start making out, which again, why? And his hand is like going up her dress, which again, why? He knows what's up. He saw her. Without the bandages. And, uh, yeah, the camera go, uh, pans up with him. Tilts up, sorry. And it definitely looks like we see, for a brief second, like some kind of labia. It's some kind of fleshy fold that is either she has... There's some sort of <laughs> lip situation. Either she had a, you know, like a bologna sandwich and, like, put it between her legs mm, and maybe. left it there overnight. It could be that. I don't you, know. When you're going to hell, you got to bring a snack. Ah! <laughs> I mean, you... I could go either way. Um, okay, so that was your wildest moment. I um, do you want to talk through the plot, or do we yeah, want to just really fast? Um, so it's Kirsty, which is who's from the first movie, yep, kind of the final girl of that, mm-hmm. and she's the daughter, and then she's in the insane asylum. Oh no, the psychiatric hospital. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not a good time. And uh, uh, you know what? She ends up back in hell again, and she sees the Cenobites, and uh, she thinks her dad is there yep, in hell because she gets a message from this like fleshless creature who like mm. paints on the wall with his own blood. <sighs> so pretty rude. fucking metal. I am in hell. Help me. <laughs> it is pretty fucking metal. Uh, and really good handwriting. I don't write that well when I'm just writing with a pencil, which I've been doing for almost 30 years. And he's writing he was, with his own blood. With his own blood. With his little fingy. Little fingernail. Ooh. And I had like the fingernail scratching sound effect. Whoever yes. did the sound on this movie is a sadist. Bravo, but also... <laughs> Good gravy. Call your mom. Call- <laughs> it's, so gr- it's a lot of like crunching bones and like, mm-hmm. and, like <laughs> just like plopping Soft sound effects. And- plopping. Yeah. A lot of plopping. Plopping. I wonder if it really I- implies a level of like mass to whatever is being dropped off of a body. You know, I just uh, slapped my penis up against a microphone and I want that's an how I create the soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Very effective. Uh, there's a doctor who's like really into like investigating in this Ooh. puzzle boxy hell. I guess in the world of the film, it is like a culty thing to be interested in. In the same yeah. way that people in like our world are interested in like the Illuminati, like things like that. Okay, so if yeah. in the world of Hellraiser, the movies, um, these like puzzle boxes appear in like drawings throughout history and like people disappear. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's like some right. sort of, you know, underground conspiracy network. So this doctor seems to be part of that, and he like finds the mattress that Julia, the woman from the first movie, who was in charge of and killing people Ooh, to make her yeah. lover Frank. flush, so she could fuck oh. him again. <laughs> I didn't say lover Frank, but you said lover fresh. Is that what you said? I don't remember. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. He finds the mattress that she was murdered on, and yes. um, through like a blood ritual, like you said, a guy scraping what he thought was maggots off himself with a knife, but he really was just slashing open his can. Uh, summons oh. Julia out of the mattress. Very spooky. Give She's that. dripping and wet. Um, and then they kind of like, you know, they have a little meat cute. <laughs> the doctor and Julia. They're a little, they're a little um, cozy. Yeah. Like from the get go, they're like down to fuck. Like, I don't know. 
It's so fast. Who initiated? He like wraps her in it's dolls, really and there's a reveal moment where it's very Bride of Frankenstein. Mm, yeah, which because is she's kind fun. of standing there, like wrapped in the gauze, wearing a sort of like dress, kind of like a yeah. wrap dress. Mm-hmm. And it's a similar reveal to that movie where it's like what I've created, and then all of a sudden he's like, "I want to fuck it," which Ooh. is kind of Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> wow. Well, in a way. Yeah, he makes out there right away. It's pretty. Who? It's a lot of imagery. So, okay, so now Julia's back, because they get, it's the same thing, and they get, like, more skin, they get more bodies, and so Julia's yeah. able to come back in full form, and uh, so she goes to hell after Kirsty. How did, uh, Kirsty? Kirsty? Yeah, Kirsty. She gets to hell because there's a girl who had a, um, almost maniacal obsession with puzzles, apparently, to the point where her mom brought her to the psychiatric hospital. And it's implied the doctor killed the mom so that he could, like, keep the girl there to, like, solve puzzles because she's, like, really into puzzles. Um, And he knows that he will need to solve this puzzle box eventually if Mm -hmm. if he can find it or if he, I don't know, whatever. Or if she could, like, master puzzles to a certain degree. Not really clear. Yeah. But she does. Yeah. And she, like, welcomes the Cenobites back. Um, The doctor and Julia go to hell. (laughs) Kirsty goes to hell. (laughs) Tiffany goes to hell. Everybody's going to hell this summer. It's so cute. Yeah. Vacation spot. But hell, the way they depict hell in this is what I found most interesting about the movie. Yeah, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of uh, in Ghostbusters, uh, which I can't believe I'm talking about. Uh, in Ghostbusters, there's like, uh, when they see like Sigourney Weaver and it's like basically like kind of purgatory and it's just like this vast abyss, yes, cloudy abyss. Yes, yes, it yes, was yes. kind of that vibe. I like that feeling of like hell being this like... Like when do you mean like the outdoor area or just when they're in I mean, the all um, of it because there's the carnival <laughs> the thing the patio the carnival right I forgot about the carnival it seems like we see a second what looks like okay so the Cenobites give Kirsty a little exposition they're like your dad's in his own hell because right. she thinks the creature that gave her the message help me I'm in hell is her dad because right. her dad died right and his skin was taken from him so that's I guess true so you would see that and go. Mm, that looks like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> that blob I recognize of muscle that. mass. Muscles and tendons. So they're like, he's in his own hell. So it mm-hmm. sets up this idea of everybody gets their own individual hell. Right. And it yes. looks like we get to see Tiffany, who is the puzzle girl, mm-hmm. her version of hell, which is like a spooky carnival. Yes. Which, that's always fun. Right, with the clown. I obviously blocked it out, even though we just saw this, because it was... Oh, right, and the the baby, right? That's where there's, like, a giant, like, fetus <laughs> sewing its mouth shut. Oh, and classic. there's a clown juggling his own eyeballs that have been plucked out of his eyes. And um, there's, like, a funhouse mirror and all, and all the different mirrors. Things keep appearing in succession. It's like her mom. There's a lot of crazy editing in this situation, <sighs> in this part of the movie that's not in any other part of the movie. Like, there's a lot of wipes, which mm. is, like, very... It's not most famous from Star Wars, but it's an old editing technique. Yeah. And it usually implies, like, this is the end of this scene. We're, like, wiping it away almost. Uh-huh. But they use it here, like, mid-scene, which is really disorienting. And it kind of gives the idea of, like, we don't know how much time she's spending in this place. And it's only used in this scene. It really stood out to me. Because they keep, yes. like, wiping out of things. And it's like, was she in hell for, like, a while? Like, and we just didn't, and, like, time didn't exist there. So when she popped into the real world, it was, like, nothing changed. Like, how long was she here? Ooh, I love. Yeah, you're so right. It might just be used as to be, like, a disorienting editing technique, and it certainly was, but that's kind of the, like, the cinematic language I got from that in terms of how I've seen it used previously yeah, gave me right. the impression that, like, time is just flying by. It's been by. a minute. Gotcha. But that's so cool. And, like, I didn't... 
I was just like, oh, that's a weird scene. So, so like, it was. All. If nothing else. I mean, even if you're not looking for that or whatever, it's still uh-huh. like, whoa. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, he's got holes for eyes. Right, so it, his version of hell. Yeah. And then that makes sense because then later when they're running through hell and, like, trying to figure shit out and uh, Kurt, Kirsty mm-hmm. runs into Frank and he's like, in his version of hell, which is like, there's all these, like, hot bodies yes. coming out, but he can't fuck them! Yeah, well, okay, so it's, like, introduced before we know what's going on, because yeah. Kirsty walks into what we find out later is Frank's hell. Uncle Frank <laughs> from the original, who's the guy who, like, set this whole plot in motion. Hey, Cribs, he yeah. found the pleasure box. He was, like, a horny, horny dude. He needed yeah. to reach a new level of pleasure. She finds, what we find out is his version of hell, and there's, like, these stone altars that keep being rolled out of the mm-hmm. wall and mm-hmm. on top of them are like what i assume are women they're you know female apparent and they're covered in a very like sheer cloth and they're mm-hmm. just writhing and moaning and it's very you know you can see their breasties and you can just kind of get the impression it's very sexual yeah and they keep like rolling in and out <laughs> like right. like it's like community theater and you're like rolling the set on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the table and rent uh going on and off oh the stage uh yeah and they like come out and they'll like writhe for like a moment and then yeah. go back and then when i think Kirsty goes up to like lift up a blanket which like girl clearly they're busy don't bother them yeah um they're she, busy <laughs> <laughs> she, they like disappear so that's yeah. like what frank's hell is is like Oh, let me touch them. And then, like, they go away. Right. And he says later, he's like, they tease me for eternity. Again, he's blaming. He's putting them in, you know. Um, He also, like, at one point, they're, like, all bloody. Which I think adds to, like, the, like, kind of sadomasochism that he's fond of. Yeah. Or a desire for control, at the very least. Yeah. Did something happen that prompted them to be all bloody? Did something? Frank appears. I think it only happens when Frank appears. When Kirstie's there, they're not bloody. Oh, oh, right, right. Okay. Because we see them pre-blood. When it's just Kirsty, and you're like, "What is this?" It's like when you walk into a video game room before the cutscene starts, and you're like, "Huh?" A video game? What? Like a room in a video game? Oh yeah. Before like the mini boss appears, and you're kind of like, "What is this?" And then the mini boss appears, he's like, "This is my hell," and you're like, "Oh, I get it now." (laughs) Like before the video cuts in, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Okay, that yeah, that took me a minute. That's just like looking for the like button to push. Now what? What do we do? What do we do? Googling what to do. That's so funny. Let's say those are the hotel rooms. If hell is a hotel, right? And we also see the lobby of hell, which is like the main like area like the default you know like waiting room essentially and it's just like a labyrinth that's so funny oh yeah and that's like a whole that's like a whole theme throughout the movie yeah um i find the labyrinth part very a specific kind of scary because it's like the idea Mm -hmm. of hell as like desolate and lonely and just like empty and endless and futile like you can't even navigate it if you tried to Mm -hmm. and it's like even if you do the part that's not a maze is just this like vast wasteland with this leviathan thing hovering over it yeah because there's like a a, a, a diamond shaped version of the puzzle box mm-hmm. floating over the whole like hellscape and they keep saying it's called the leviathan because at one point another character says oh my god and julia's like no that's my god so it's kind of <laughs> like there's no satan in this hell but there is that. some sort of like controlling uh, i don't know yeah entity of some kind and it's like is it know, sentient is it? is it just like a tool mm. who put it there who, who put this here who put this here <laughs> um and as we were discussing before which could mean nothing but it's like kind of both a phallic and a yonic symbol because it's pointy mm-hmm. but also it like go you know it's um diamond diamond shaped yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit of um you know penis and vagina Penis and vagina? And? and not or honey. Vagina. 
You know, she's she's kind of a little bit of both. And I don't know. That's kind of fun. And uh, right, that uh, again reinforces the theme of the movie of um, the 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 uh, how do I put this <laughs> the fine line between like pleasure and pain. Yes, especially sexually, mm-hmm. and like how those lines can be blurred and crossed, um, which is like more to do in the first one. This one's kind of about like personal explorations of hell, I think, and like what the idea of like you make your own hell or hell is what you make it. Whereas the first one is very That's like cute. yeah, like I said, the pleasure and pain intertwining. Yeah, and like the limits of um, like how far people will go to experience something that is like only in your brain. Because, yes. like, pleasure is just in your brain. I mean, like, obviously it's a physical thing, but, like, the experience is, like, chemicals rushing and flooding your, you know, whatevers and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And also I think it's interesting that now, and with this movie it being that, like, the main villain sort of, I mean, it's Dr. Chenard for the most part, but it's mostly Julia. So it's, like, yeah. now there's, like, this female-centric victim. So it kind of, like, the style of the writing was a little bit different and, like... It was a little bit more... I mean, I guess the first one was also dramatic in its own way. But, like, the way that, like, Julia spoke and she was like, this isn't the fairy tale anymore. Yeah. Snow White, when she eat confronts my pussy. Kirstie, she's like, I'm the wicked stepmother and the evil queen. And it's like, okay. <laughs> this is a, kind of a different dynamic. Yeah. But yeah. I, know, I know what you mean, though. Because in the first one, Julia, like, is the main character of the movie. And she thinks she's in control, mm-hmm. even though she's doing Frank's bidding. And in the end, it obviously, like bites her in the ass when frank's mm. like it's something personal and like kills her essentially right and this one she has the same thing to the doctor like the doctor is a means to an end because he mm-hmm. helps her get the flesh to put on her body mm-hmm. so it kind of shows how like um people will claw their way to the top i don't know <laughs> or <laughs> like women the things, are mean yeah no. um no. the things that you know you people copy behaviors and stuff just mean, and mean stuff. people <laughs> Sounds so stupid. And she gets to but she also got to like cut frank's heart out like when she saw him again yes, in house she was true. like uh it's not personal and she like it's not that personal heart. it's drag <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually surprised there aren't more more as if because i've seen every single drag performer in all of all time <laughs> i would love to see a drag performance of julia because her in that outfit like with the dress and the big earrings mm-hmm. and like her character so big and like so like just like a great presence to her. I just think there'd be funny, you know, performance art opportunities there. Yeah, she got a new hairdo, even though <laughs> she's just getting skin. It's so I mean, she insane. literally scalped somebody, I guess. Yeah, the logic doesn't quite make sense because in the f- uh, first movie, they use uh, Larry, which is the dad. They use his skin to bring Frank back. So at the end, uh, Frank therefore looked like Larry because he's wearing Larry's skin, obviously. As you do. As one does when they want to get fucked and so in this time around julia gets her skin presumably by just some random woman that they yeah found. they didn't even show how they found her she's not even worth it wow. terrible but then yeah julia still ends up looking like julia which like well by Good that logic <laughs> yeah how'd yeah, you do that I, i'm not worried about it <laughs> i know you I mean know. though <laughs> but i was because curious. then later when kersey puts the skin suit on oh, to trick God. the doctor she looks like julia right which means that she being of whatever age she is made out with this demon doctor for at least a minute so she could distract him so it really tiffany was a could. long time while tiffany figured out the puzzle box and i can just imagine her cursing her head being like oh my god girl figure it out girl please <laughs> i'm making out so with a demon and i have my aunt's skin on me oh god it's so much and like did she know they were fucking or did she just like 
I assume this is happening, and if not, I'm going to commit to this. Maybe because she knew that that was the goal of Julia and Frank in the first one. When mm. they when she saw the same patterns repeating in this one, she probably was like, okay, they're fucking again. Typical okay, Julia. Ooh. Yeah, it wouldn't be funny if it was like, oh my god, this is such a Dune dynamic for us. I didn't know we were... Mm. But thank you for making out with me. Thank you so much. You taste different. Oof. His little demonic uh, transformation before and oh, after. My God. Right. It's because a lot. Ju- uh, Julia tricks the doctor, essentially. Takes him to hell. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's the tour guide. And then she says, oh, but she wanted to know how this goes. Yeah, well, she's explaining how stuff go. happens. And then she pushes him in a giant ple- pleasure box, a puzzle box. Mm-hmm. And he gets like... I don't even know what I was looking. I was going to take notes on what happens to him, but it's just so, there's so much going on. There's like needles going in him yeah. and his blood being pumped in and out and a monster <laughs> alien thing like goes in his mouth oh, yeah. and attacks That's his head. It's just a That's lot. too much. But then after that, he evolves. He arrives in his new form. <laughs> you look so optimistic. He's blue He's doing now. great. Yeah. Oh, also some wires like slice into his face Ooh. horizontally. It's very like yeah. getting clotheslined. It looks like dental floss. Yeah. Ooh. Gross. Or it's like guitar strings. Yeah. Like it was just Ooh, thick. Gross. Yeah. It, like, uh, oh, yeah, that was very visceral. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's gross. This whole movie's gross. It, yeah. Um, Hard to hear first. But he comes back and he's like dangling from the, by the head. It's a penis. From this giant, looks like a penis thing that we never see the like origin point of it we just see like the tendril and out of him he can now shoot little tendrils that like are it's like a swiss army knife because he can turn the ends of them into whatever he wants we see knives we see flowers we see a little finger that goes like come here come here some eyeballs like you didn't need to do that you had fingers you could have made that motion with your finger (laughs) it's i they all live for the drama yeah yeah they're all just so horny it's very beetlejuicey Yes, absolutely. I don't even know why, but it just felt like Beetlejuice. I think also because the animation style. Yeah, the animation style, motion. and like it had like wormy things that like were just causing chaos. Uh, oh my god! So eventually, um, yeah, they they defeat uh, the Doctor. They solve the puzzle box, and the Leviathan is like, thank you. Um, but also, first, <laughs> the Doctor seemingly kills the Cenobites, um, which I imagine isn't permanent because this is not the last Hellraiser movie, right? But yeah. Basically, Kirsty had found a picture of the doc of of Pinhead before he became Pinhead. Mm-hmm. That the doctor was like researching. Mm-hmm. He was like an old like World War One general or something. <laughs> I don't know. He was somewhere warm. He had a safari hat. Yes, he was exploring. Because um, we see in a prologue mm-hmm. him become Pinhead. Like he opens the puzzle box and he gets his head sliced open and little <sighs> little nails. The little tendrils like put them Hammered in place away. and then a hammer goes in it's it really looks lot. very like island of misfit toys it's very like <laughs> rapid and little and kind of cute yeah yeah you could say that um you could say that and i did uh so uh kirsty is like hey remember when you're human and the senpais are like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i do actually oh, yeah and the doctor like kills every single one of them individually and right. right as they die they turn back into their human form for a second mm-hmm. like really briefly and it looks like the the guy with the teeth the mm-hmm. chatterer was a child yeah he was a he was a young boy what the fuck well he was exploring something i, mean, listen, I was a teenage boy once too i he was get a it. teenage boy he said give me a box <laughs> i'm of so horny po- <laughs> but and also real i don't know what the reason was behind this but 
in the first movie, that Chatterbox character had, like, sunglasses on. Um, and then in this movie, he did not. And his, so, so his eyes were... He there. had eyes in this version because the actor was like, can I get some eyes this time? <laughs> Apparently he just like straight up couldn't see the costume. <laughs> Seriously, that's it. I was re- doing a little research. Hey, I quick request. Lo- <laughs> can I see? Oh my God. I'm so sorry to like, ask oh. this. Yeah, I get... Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. I get that diva. though because I'm definitely the kind of fool to be like, oh, it's fine. I can't yeah, see. Yeah, it's the first the movie first and you're movie. like, oh, it's in a movie. It's fine. No, 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 I'll be okay. And then the next one you're like, <laughs> thank you so much Quick for now paying request. me twenty dollars it's like when you go but... to work for the first week and you're like yeah yeah that's fine the second yeah. week you're like i need three breaks <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll stay over time you don't even have that's to okay, pay me yeah, yeah, yeah no oh my god no, that's you so have funny. All my tips. it's fine it's fine it's fine it's oh fine. that's so funny um except for uh pinhead he because uh kirsty throws the picture of his old self at him and she's like yeah dude that's you look how handsome and like you know kind of chill you were yeah and he goes oh my god oh yeah crazy and then he so he's turned back to his human form before he dies true which, you're right so i guess that's kind of exciting right it's like he had the Good realization before he died where the others kind of their deaths return them to their original form yeah Whereas, like, Pinhead had a weird, like, he even, like, looked at Kirsty and he was like, hey, girl. <laughs> like, after he turned back into a regular human, he kind of had, like, a, hey, thanks. I see you. You know, in a different time, we would have been best friends. I was like, Kirsty, you're doing things for me. And I see you, girl. And I appreciate that. You're the real MVP, and we should get drinks after this. Kirsty, thank you so much. Um, you're my best friend. I know we just met in the bathroom line at the pew, bar. Pew, pew, pew. But... <laughs> The bathroom bar? Like a bathroom the, at the bar. Like a bathroom at a bar where you meet your best friends. <laughs> it's true. I don't know their Man, names. They're so pretty. How did they die from the doctor? Did he just he like... He was like throwing little spooky knife tendrils at them. Uh, don't worry about it. It's a bummer because like they're so into pain. You know, you think they would be able to Ooh, handle it. Too much pain. I put my mouth on the microphone. I'm sorry Ooh, if this is horrible. <laughs> it's yours. It's yours yeah, now. It's Forever. It sucks. Thanks, Zach. So that's like the plot. They defeat the doctor because they make out... He makes out with fake, with Kirsty wearing Julia's skin. Because right. Julia's skin flew off at one, late, or earlier. It's pretty crazy. Goodbye. Right. It blew off because it was like a random suction hall. Like, yeah. a, it was just a hall of suction. Oh, that's the hall of suck. <laughs> Honey. That's the suck hall. <laughs> oh my I'm God. A big fan of the suck <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what would uh, your version of hell be? Oh, Jesus. You don't have to. It can be like, um, you know, you don't have to give me a real answer. It would be, I, you know what? No, I, I thought of this because I, 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 I remember having this thought before. It was, it's back in college when we would go to like on the LA the mm-hmm. Long Island Railroad. So <laughs> we went to school in Long Island. When we take the train into the city, mm-hmm. when you come back, there was, it was called the Blue Beetle. It was a shuttle bus that oh, yeah. um, went back and forth to our college to like big spots on Long Island if you didn't have a car but mostly the train station that was the big one mm-hmm. but they were infamously bad at being on schedule oh my god and and I didn't have a smartphone and he like you know it was different back then oh honey yeah so you basically no. got off the train and you're like I'll just stand here and it could be anywhere from like up to practically an hour so you're standing there in the longer. cold at like 2am yeah. not sure when the bus is gonna come Right. And, like, you can't get back on the train, so you just had to, like, stand here in the cold. And usually the, like, waiting room, the windows didn't face where the bus was, so you couldn't Ugh. be inside because you might miss the bus. So that was, I remember standing there one time at, like, again, 2 a.m. in probably, like, February, not knowing when the bus was coming, and, like, not being able to go inside. And I remember thinking, this is hell. This is my hell. 
<laughs> not knowing when I can go somewhere because yeah. I'm not in control of my own transportation and it's fucking cold. Yeah. And I'm 19. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not even like you can go into a bar and like kill time. Exactly. I can do anything. Oh, that's so real. Horrible. I feel that. Yeah. I still get like when I'm waiting for the bus here now or like for the train and it's cold. I still have a moan of like, fuck. <laughs> well, re- God. Yeah. And you Let's can look it up. I guess mine would be, I don't know. I'm in like a loud room. There's a lot of loud people and people are squirting water at me all the time. So I can't see what's going on. Whoa. And like no one can hear what I'm saying. And, uh, so like all your senses are compromised. Yeah. All senses are compromised. I can't speak up for myself to mm-hmm. stop what's going on Ooh. and it's really hot or something i don't know <laughs> it has to be like an extreme temperature where i'm uncomfortable yeah and i'm like not in the right shoes where like i can't stand on them mm-hmm. you know i'm uncomfortable physically because i'm like wearing pants that are too tight or like something stupid yeah. that you know you do yeah okay quickly changing your birthday plans for next year <laughs> ah! oh and there's like a crowd of people there's just too many people yeah no i get that so that wouldn't be fun you know listeners what's your version of hell tell, tell us, us. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know so we can take notes and learn how to stalk you oh and then i i will say when my another favorite moment of mine and another reason i think julia is kind of a fun fashion like dramatic icon is when she's still just bloody and doesn't have skin on yet and she just puts on like a white pant and suit set or something yes. the doctor she walks had, out and like she's Miami like vice drag yeah and she's like oh, is this disgusting or something? And it's like, nah, girl, that's actually a really cute look. That's like, I mean, that's kind of what I say when I'm like trying on new clothes. I'm like, okay, this is horrible. I know, I know, I know. Oh my God, honey, I know it's covered in your own blood. But like, it just does great things for your proportions. Oh, and fucking Pinhead. We were realizing how great his costume is. Like, great silhouette on that man uh because he has kind of like a turtleneck yes. so there's like a nice build and the, and shoulders, like the have... shoulders go out yes. impressive a shoulder with oh. i wish i had yeah well i guess because they the shoulders went out so they had to make the neck like are those called like bell like rough shoulder what are those called <sighs> girl i don't know i don't know oh i love there's a part where we're in the lair where they have they're keeping all the bodies that they like it looks like they killed a lot of people to get Julia's new skin. I wasn't really yeah, sure why. a lot. But there's a part where Julia, who now is seemingly complete, walks in, and she's standing, and behind her we see the shadow mm-hmm. of one of the hanging bodies, which was, we know, the one that they used to get most of the skin for Julia. Yeah. Um, but it's positioned in a way that it looks like it's the shadow coming off of Julia if the light was at a certain angle. So it's kind of like showing her true nature. It was impressive. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Cute. Definitely put a shot of that on I the Instagram. I love that. Oh, and I thought, I, I read somewhere, I didn't do much research on it, but the actor who played the patient who was cutting themselves up on the mattress because they thought they had yeah. maggots on them, I think that actor is also like the skinny person who played like frank when frank was just yes. bones and like muscle mass he also played the creature that cursey thinks is her dad who leaves the message oh right okay cool i think because he's extra skinny if they put an, a, a layer of suit on top of him it'll like bulk him out but not so much that it looks unrealistic it'll just right. look, make him look like not so skinny <laughs> yeah so so there was definitely some person who did uh julia because she had like a completely different set of teeth <laughs> than the actress who plays julia like her just mouth was just different um but it's it's still such a cool effect um and still so sploopy and yeah. wet and oh it's hard to eat during this movie it really is I'm, i was surprised you tried uh yeah <laughs> you tried out some eggs and sausage yeah I went, eggs oh, and beer. vegan sausage but still Ooh. and with like red salsa which 
was still a little too close to what I was seeing on the screen. I mean, that's the kind of the cool thing about this movie is that you can see the seams even. Like, you're like, I know that's a suit. I know mm-hmm. that's blah, blah. I know that's makeup. I know that's a puppet. Whatever. Right. But it still evokes a reaction in me as if I was looking at an actual, like, bloody carcass. Yeah. So, success. Yeah, truly, though. In a way that, like, CGI couldn't do because that's not, like, a tangible thing. But, yeah. like, this I can see the weight and the effort and the person behind the costume and like even like the close-ups of like the skin tearing which again you can tell it's like not real but it's like ooh, it's so visceral and so raw you know (laughs) i get it but like you just see like something being torn and then like a liquid coming out like it's just yeah exactly it's all very effective um and like very minimal cgi evocative yeah evocative i i like that the labyrinth of hell that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. it looks like an MC Escher painting, like those yes. staircases going, going everywhere. Oh. And I noticed that throughout the movie, there's other MC Escher paintings. There's that one of the birds that are like connected. Yes. I don't know how to describe it, but that's like one of the puzzles she's doing. Yes. So they right. clearly were using it as some sort of um, like aesthetic influence. I think that kind of points to like, because MC Escher usually, he likes to deal in like redundancy in his artwork and exploring like things that lead to nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives the idea of, like, futility. Like, you can never climb MCS or stairs if you... You can never climb MCS or stairs if you wanted to, mama. Oh. And it's kind of like, in hell, you can never escape this if you, even if you tried. Which these people yeah. do, obviously, because they, you know, find a way out because they're good people. But yeah. it just makes the themes of, like, desolation and loneliness in hell just, like, more apparent and very, like, weirdly sad. <laughs> it's very heavy. Yeah. the whole And the whole, like way this movie shot everything is so tight and like you don't know what world we're in yeah. and like the you know hospital is incredibly depressing i think we'll only see outside of that space maybe like once or twice like literally the outdoors yeah of that it space. is a very claustrophobic movie which it's almost all indoors whew. we never yeah. see like the actual sky except for parts where it's like animated to look spooky oh god um, I also like that um, when the Cenobites finally catch up to Kirsty towards the end, mm-hmm. right before she's like, you were human, remember? They're like, no more bargains. We're just here to fuck, you know. Ah, um, give me that skin. Give me that flesh. And they say, if you trick us again, your suffering will be legendary even in hell, which is a crazy line. <laughs> which is crazy. That's really intense. <laughs> also, kind of fun to say before you fuck somebody. Ah! No too much um but so scary and like oh and like they're like stop playing like, like stop teasing us mm. like we want to like do stuff to you whatever uh she's like no i'm i gotta go find my dad and they tell her she's not <laughs> no i gotta go I <laughs> and they're like no he's not here you know and uh she goes to go look they're like fine go explore and she goes to go look for her dad and they're like we have eternity to explore your flesh and it's like oh Ooh, god that's how so- much skin does she have i know well you know, I don't know. You'll turn into a giant spinning spike, you know, and have your face on a, a oh, yeah. spike with chains and a tube <laughs> skeletons fucking. Yeah, because the movie, the movie ends with, like, the mattress that's, like, bloody. Um, some movers are moving stuff around <laughs> in that house. Um, and they're like, uh, well, what is this? And one worker gets sucked into the mattress and then the, like... <laughs> Like you said, there's like wooden spinning columns of torture pop out, <laughs> right. and like there's like faces on them, and that like a, a puppet of two skeletons fucking the um so the baby's back, someone's mouth shut, the baby's <laughs> back, <laughs> oh my all God. sorts of fun stuff. It's like a it's like a curtain uh. call. It's like here they are, because <laughs> the very last shot of the movie. <laughs> it's so funny, and then. <laughs> because the the mover who was like oh wait we got a mattress here like he gets like sucked into the mattress yeah. by somebody and so 
but not all of him makes it so like just his lower half is sticking out right and you're like ass out yeah the movie walks in and it's like face down ass up <laughs> okay. um, good god who like who fucking went into that building and like noticed the bloody mattress and didn't call any kind of authority right because there's boxes there's moving boxes around the mattress so it means that somebody else had to go in there and be like i'm gonna put this here um that will be somebody else's problem to deal with she's gonna walk away oh from god. the bloody mattress of hell you know just like quirky work things <laughs> Don't you hate it when your boss makes you move a bloody mattress that's covered in hell demons? Ugh, am I right? Also, Tuesdays. chains coming out of the mattress. Yeah, it's not even just blood. <laughs> so They're covered in chains. It speaks to something grisly. It's not like this was a birth, you know? <laughs> ooh, ooh, scary. Yeah. Ooh, also early in the movie, Dr. Shonagard, whatever his name is, performs brain surgery on someone who's, like, still very alive. And that was very visceral. I think that's how you're supposed to do most brain surgery, though. I mean, I think um, they have to well, be awake to I be, sh- like, so if they start, like, slurring their words, I think it's a problem. No, no, no I'm sorry. I um, think. I, I, I really... <laughs> I mean, in the sense, I sh- of course, brain surgery happens, but he uses, like, a fucking blender... Oh yeah, he mixes them. he mixes her up, makes a little smoothie of her brain. Yeah, so that, that was. But just also, so the head is like splayed open from the back, so they can mm-hmm. um, scoop around in there and poke things. And then there's like a page on the PA in the hospital. It's like <laughs> Doctor Blah Blah, come to, it. and he's like, okay, I'll be right back, and like just leaves this poor woman's head open. Well, I mean, she must have cleared her schedule to be there. Now she has she has something to do. <laughs> She's like, great. you can, you know, you can, up. you can make my brain into hummus, but I just need to be at my nail appointment at five. So yeah, let's keep I mean, this like, quick. I'm talking toenails. You don't want to see these feet. Ooh, slice them and dice them. What? Yeah. Instead of the blade, they'll just use her toenails. So, okay. well, Hellraiser 2. <laughs> well, that was Hellbound, <laughs> colon Hellraiser 2. Um, it's really gross, and it's hard to watch some parts of it. But it's still, I don't know, I kind of liked, appreciated it. I enjoyed it, too. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, which I think is more thematically interesting. And because it is focused on, like, a smaller group of people, mm-hmm. it is more, like, personal and character-driven. Whereas this, like... It expands the world out, which I understand. I like the like depictions of hell as what you make it. Yeah. It's like interesting, and I think a, a um, you, people can actually derive their own lessons from that if they want to. Not that movies mm-hmm. need lessons, but you know what I mean. But there's really some creative stuff going on in this movie. Yeah. A lot of the art direction and character designs and just general look of it is really creative and yeah. like really like viscerally upsetting. <laughs> Kira can tell you, I was watching a lot of the movies in silence, like. yeah you have to like breathe through it yeah and like it's just excess but it's effective so like whatever you did your job and then um 20 20 points for slytherin it's on tubi if you haven't watched it you can watch it on tubi i believe it's on shutter if you have shutter oh cute you can follow me on instagram and hey kira hey you can follow me at code monster 91 i'm on instagram twitter and letterboxd follow us at hallwinders pod on instagram and twitter uh, and uh, you can follow uh, Zach, who does the beautiful, gorgeous music you're about to hear in a few seconds. Um, you can follow him on Instagram and Spotify. Sp- Spotify. <laughs> you can follow him on Spotify. <laughs> Instagram and Spotify at Apre Pompeii. And you can follow Leah Patterson, who, do- who does our lovely artwork you're looking at right now. You can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at a tender witch. Uh, and uh, however you're listening to us, that's great. We're also on <laughs> full podcast, uh, Google Play, yeah. Spotify, yeah. SoundCloud. Cloud, yeah. Stitcher. Yep, that's it. And in your hearts.
Uh, hell is what you make it. So I don't know. Take, so take that be good down. to each other. Be good to the other humans. Bye. Be good to yourself and uh, um, don't steal skin. And practice same sex. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>